Welcome to CCFLA. Those of you who are here for the first time, uh, we are CCF, Christ Commission Fellowship, Los Angeles. Christ Commission Fellowship. Commission. We don't take your commission. It's not about commission, but it's all about the Great Commission. We are about the Great Commission of the Lord Jesus Christ, found in Matthew 28, 18 to 20. We can recite that, right? Go. I only heard Pastor in song. Okay, everybody else is saying, please, um, you know, I'd like you to memorize this because to me, this is the heart of Christianity. Many churches today are not where they should be because they neglected on the Great Commission. As a matter of fact, next week, um, this week actually the catalyst, the conference on the catalyst about young people is happening in Atlanta and most of the CCF leaders will be there. Um, uh, those from the Philippines will be there. That's why in the next two weeks, we will have guest speakers, okay, from the Philippines. And next week, I will be, my wife and I will be attending church planting um, seminars in uh, Saddleback, uh, the church of Rick Warren. And the topic is about discipleship. You see, people are waking up to the fact. The churches are waking up to the fact. What's missing in the churches today is discipleship. Many people just go to church Sunday after Sunday, believing that they have done their job. And I've heard many of you testify that that's not enough. You know, yesterday, your council of servants met. We, we are called council of servants because we want to serve you. And I'd like to ask the council of servants of CCFLA to please stand up wherever you are, okay? Please stand up. You know who you are, okay? Okay. There you go. Uh, I guess the people are still downstairs. Uh, Pastor Reggie, you stand up. Come on. Pastor Reggie, stand up, okay? You know, the people, most of the servants are still downstairs serving, okay? And these are the people. We call ourselves a council of servants, and we reminded ourselves yesterday what we are all about. That we can go left or right, but we will stay our course in making disciples of all nations, connecting them to Christ, making them grow in Christ-likeness, and multiplication. We are committed to this until we die. Young people, I'm looking at you. Jay, Dion, Nate, Denise, Sarah, I'm looking at you guys, young people. Mike, Mike, there you go, okay. Those in the middle, we're looking at you, right? We're looking at you. Dennis, we're looking at you. It's all about the Great Commission. We pray that what has been passed on to you will be passed on to the other people. And that will really please the Lord. We are the church that please the Lord. Harry, you're included, okay? That's why if discipleship is so important and it's what Christianity is all about, discipleship begins at home. The family is very important. You know what? In the family, your family, look at me, your family will determine the extension or the extinction of Christianity. That's what it's all about. It begins at home. You know why? Why the home is very important? Because at home, we are who we are. 
Aren't we? You cannot, you cannot hide yourself. You, the way you behave at home is exactly who you are. It's not how you behave in public. People will see what kind of Christianity you live at home. That's why discipleship will have to begin at home. And I realize that that is gaining ground. I talked about this for the first time uh, two weeks ago. And then um, Pastor Insong preached about it and called it Discipleship Begins at Home Part 2. And he reminded us that Christianity is what? Just one generation away from extinction. Do you realize that? Translation. What is the translation of this? Translation. Parents, we are losing our children to other fates. Believe it or not, these young people, as precious as they are, if we leave them alone, we will lose them to other fates that this world offers. That's why we are committed to begin discipleship at home. Last week, Pastor Insong talked about if you want, if you really want, if you, yeah, you want to speak? I think she really wants to talk now, okay? Uh, Mike, you better influence the heart of that young, 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 young baby, okay? Influence the heart. And, you know, I'd like to praise God for our media group, you know, who provided this picture. You know, I'd like to acknowledge Joseph. Joseph Kyok is up there, okay? He, he is just so quiet Sunday after Sunday. And there are so many people up there who make it convenient for you to see what's happening in CCF if you miss one Sunday. And Joseph, from the bottom of our hearts, we love you. Thank you very much. Okay? I picked this up. You know, he, he, he showed it in our website. And I said, hey, I like this. Influence the heart. Why the heart? The heart is the center of the total personality. This is the center of the total personality of our children, especially with reference to their intuition, feeling, and emotion. And the passage that Pastor Insong shared with us was Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 6. And like I said, this is the heart of discipleship that we would like to pass on to our children and their children. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. You see the importance of the heart? These words which I'm commanding you today shall be on your heart. What shall be in the heart of our children? Loving the Lord their God with all of their heart, with all of their soul, with all of their might. Why? God said so that you and your son and your grandson, three generations, might fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. Ladies and gentlemen, in essence, that is biblical parenting. Biblical parenting. And I realize that discipleship, discipleship is parenting. You know, we cannot disciple other people if we don't know how to disciple at home. Right? How can we make disciples of other people outside your home when we cannot do it even in our very home. That's why it's very important. Biblical parenting is exactly what we mean by discipleship. 
And biblical parenting is very simple. It's found in Ephesians 6, 4. I deliberately covered the first part because I want you to see that biblical parenting is simple. It's very simple. It simply is bringing our children up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Parents, look at me. That's, it's as simple as that. All we have to do is to bring up these children in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Then I will remove the cover of the first part. It will show you how to do it. Your job is to discipline them and teach them in the instruction of the Lord. But you know what? Please, as you do it, fathers, parents, do not exasperate. Do not exasperate your children into anger. Many of us would like to do it right away. I'd like to discipline you. I'd like to bring you up in the instruction of the Lord. I shout. I hurt. I do all sorts of things to make the children angry. Not that way. God wants you to discipline, yes, but the right way. Colossians 3.21 says, Fathers, do not exasperate your children so that they will not lose heart. And I know you're learning this. You're getting excited. And you know, yesterday... We reminded the Council of Servants that we ourselves ought to continue changing. We ought to continue being Christ-like if ever, if, if, if we are to expect the people of this church to grow in Christ-likeness as well. We have to be the examples. Do not provoke and exasperate. What did Pastor Insong share with us last week? As far as not provoking is concerned, he said, anger, stop shouting. How many of you have stopped shouting since we gave this message? I'm not going to ask for a show of hand, but I hope that you already have. I'm not going to ask for a show of hand, I said. <laughs> right? Careless words. Careless words. Unreasonable. What's an example of being unreasonable? You're grounded for one year. No allowance for two years. Wow. Whew. Not listening. I'm, I'll go through this because Pastor Insong, you know, unfulfilled promises, hypocrisy, doing something else than what you're saying, favoritism. You know, and then he added two more. One is what? Double standard. You know, one standard for yourself, another standard for your children. And then what? Comparing. You're not like Jay. You know, you're not like Dion. You're like George. <laughs> you know what? My prayer is that you have really started to address this and have begun to overcome this. Because the moment we succeed in eliminating this in our parenting, folks, real learning will happen to our children. You know what will happen to our children? God bless us. This is what will happen. Our children will begin to obey their parents. They will begin to obey their parents for that is right. And they will see the value without being, being pushed, without being told in a long, wrong way. They will understand that everything will be okay because I have parents who care for me. I have parents who don't exasperate me. I have parents who don't provoke me. I have parents who love me and want to embrace me because I'm special. If that happens, our children will obey and it will be easy 
and the rest is biblical parenting and discipleship. Influence the heart, he said. He said, build relationship, spend time with them. You have to spend time with them because the more the relationship, the more the influence. Okay? Bong, you cannot expect to impact Denise anyway unless you spend some time with Denise. Denise, Denise, expect your dad to date you, okay? <laughs> right. You know, relationship. Listen. Be slow to be slow to speak. Be quick to listen. Be slow to anger. Affirm. Say positive words. I'm guapo, guapo mo. Kamukha kita. Okay. You know? Affirming. Okay? You're so intelligent. You, you took after me. I'm so glad not after your mother. Okay? Be a good model. Right modeling is what? Do as I say and as I do. Whatever I do, do it. It's not, it's not do as I say and don't do what I do. That's wrong modeling. Cast a vision of what God wants for your children. A beautiful picture so that they will desire to go there. And if you yourself don't have a clear vision of where you want to go, what makes you think your children will have a clear vision of where they will be going? And then the challenge he gave us, and I really like this, I hope that you were able to process this and ask yourself the question, two questions. He asked us. Remember? He said, who is discipling your children? Parents, who is discipling your children? I hope you have made a decision already two weeks ago since we have been delivering this message to say, I am. We are. We're not going to let anyone else disciple our children except us. And then the next question is, yeah, if you are, then how are you discipling your children? This morning, I have a couple who will share with us how they answer this question. They are Dennis and Abby Paragas. Can I ask them to be up here? Do you have the microphone already with you? Okay, good. Dennis and Abby, the brother of Tess, the son of Mommy, I will keep quiet. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Good morning. Uh, my name is Dennis Paragas. Abigail Paragas. Your name? Sean. Uh, <laughs> I'm a husband to my wife, Abby, and a father to my son, Sean. It all began when we became parents to our son. At first, we are so happy and excited to have been blessed with a beautiful child and finally be a parent to him. To provide for him, nourish and nurture him, and even bring him to church every Sunday. We thought that that's all that he needed, but reality started to sink in. It's not enough to bring him out of this world, but most importantly, to raise him to be a person God wants him to be. It is not an easy job. It is actually impossible to do in your own strength. As he was growing up, we experienced many things. We've noticed Sean is changing bit by bit, not just physically, but mentally and psychologically. His emotions, his attitudes, and his character were developing. He 
started to moan, groan, cry whenever he wants to be carried, or be cranky when he wants a playmate. In short, he is building his personality. He was great to see and witness his development, but it was all scary to think what kind of person he would be when he grows up. My wife and I grew up in a Christian families and have heard biblical teaching on how to train a child. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. But this verse will just be a verse without application. My wife and I would just go with the flow of raising him and letting every bit of character fall on him, correcting him sometimes, dealing with him sometimes, and resolving what is needed to be done sometimes. We thought it was too early to, dis to discipline him, so we just let him be most of the time, allowing him to do what we wanted to do. We prayed to God to give us wisdom, but since we didn't have a deep personal relationship with Jesus, our faith was too shallow to understand his will for us and for our family. So we just continued and relied on what we knew in raising him up. In, in July of 2012, the Lord has redirected our spiritual path. He led us to this church, CCF, CCF LA. Sorry. At first, we hesitated to join because of some normal activities that they do that this is abnormal to us, which is discipleship group. We were skeptical of opening our lives to other people that we don't even know. We felt awkward, and most of the time, we say things based on our experiences. We were worried that these people might criticize and judge us, and we didn't want gossip. But the Lord rebuked us through his word at Bible studies and messages during worship service. He opened our hearts and our minds on how we see things differently and on how we felt about opening up. We became regular attenders at Bible studies and church services too. Since then, we look forward in attending every services and ministries, Sunday after Sunday, Bible study after Bible study. As days and months passed, Pastor Danny told us to join the discipleship and accountability group of Kuya Henry and Atitinet. We prayed about it and we joined their group. Here we met new friends and families. After several weeks of husband and wife topics, we reached the subject of parenting. We became, every, uh, we became very interested on the subject that my husband and I did not miss any meetings. We thought that this was the time that the Lord will teach us to parent our child biblically. At session one, it was kind of weird because it was not what we, what we have expected. Instead of teaching us, us how to parent our child, it was actually about us learning to be a godly parent to our child. We felt it was questioning our credibility as a parent, but we were wrong. It is simply the word of God teaching us to be an effective parent and what you should do to become the parent God wants us to be. It made us realize that we as parents should build our relationship with the Lord first before we could actually minister or disciple to our child. 
We learn that God wants us to know about our children, their values, their needs, their hearts, and their life. We also learn about God, our God-given roles and responsibilities to one another, to our children, and what to do or not to do to them. We learn that parenting is a sacred task assigned by God to the most important people in our lives. These are the ones who live with us every day. God, through the Bible, commands us to, to disciple them, to teach, love, respect, and honor them. Discipleship begins at home. A month had passed after the seminar, and my wife and I have grown and learned so much in our faith and walk with God. We prayed again to our Father in heaven to help us be the godly parent he wants us to be and to guide us as we train our little one to grow into Christ-likeness. As we continue to grow and restore our relationship to God, little by little we've noticed that the Lord is also making himself known to Sean as well. Sean was resisting discipline at first. He didn't want to be corrected. He didn't want to listen. He didn't recognize authority, and he didn't want to obey. He chose his way and not what, he, what we were teaching him. At a young age, he was a self-centered child. My wife and I became a team with God in disciplining our son. We tried our best and have always asked the Lord to help us in every situation. We filled Sean's lab tank and had spent time with him as much as we can. We talked to him about God and how much God loves him and cares for him. We also stress whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. He may not understand it so much today, but we know that God is working on him gradually. We also applied the three rules that we've learned that merits spanking when not followed. Disobedience, disrespect, and dishonesty. And by the grace of God, he was starting to get the idea of biblical discipline. Proverbs 13, 24 says, Whosoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. We believe that the word of God is the best instruction for life, and by not sparing the rod on our son, has done great blessing on him. It is really hard to do, of course, because we don't want him hurt. We've learned to discipline our child in love and not in anger. We have learned to control our emotions and practice fast to listen, but slow to anger and slow to speak. Our son even reminds us when we forget to be slow to anger and even applies it to himself. One day, the time had come when spanking was needed. Our hearts were torn between not to spank or spank, but the Lord is on our team and we trusted him on this matter. We prayed before we start to spank. We talked to Sean about his behavior and the reason why he should be spank. Then Sean said, okay, daddy, I'm ready. We spanked him one time, he cried, and then we embraced and kissed him and told him that we love him so much. He responded with humility and acceptance and even asked us for forgiveness. We were so amazed by what, what happened that we too found ourselves in tears. We close in prayers and thank the Lord for his love and care and guidance to our son. Praise God. 
Through the grace of God and his very young age, he is learning to pray by himself. He prays for the food, prays for the family, and even prays for those who are sick. He learned to forgive and ask forgiveness to others. He is learning to recognize God's help and appreciates every blessing that God has given us. The parenting seminar or classes has helped us in so many ways. It has affected not just our son, but also us as parents. We now understand that effective biblical parenting will work only if we allow the Lord to change us. We are still at work in progress, and these are just a few first steps to biblical parenting and to live a life according to His will. So we ask that you continue to pray for us and our family. Now we put our confidence in God and we pray that our son and our baby coming soon on April 2014 will embrace the word of God and love the Lord with their whole heart, soul, and strength to bring glory and honor for the Lord. Together, let's, let's build a godly, godly family in, in this great, great nation. nation. To, God to God be the, be the glory. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Thank you, Sean. How about that? Give God the glory. Come on, guys. Another baby. Kaya pala malaki yan siya ni Dennis. You know, guys, that is what it's all about. You know, discipleship. If you want your lives to be better, if you want to see lives changed, please, go and be discipled. It won't cost you anything. You will benefit from everything. And that's what we're all about. Can you imagine if they did not agree to be discipled by Tinette and Henry? I wonder. I wonder if they can stand up here and claim victory. Victory for the Word of God working in their lives. I hope by now you've understood the importance of you yourself discipling your children. But I'm sure you're still overwhelmed by the fact that how, how, how can we really disciple our children? You know, I, I, am, I am challenged. That's why this morning I'm going to talk about discipleship begins at home, part three. And it's going to go to part 28, okay? We're not going to stop. We're not ever, ever going to stop until we all learn what it means to disciple ourselves and one another. Discipleship begins at home, number three. Use God's wisdom alone. Use God's wisdom alone for wise and not foolish parenting. Did you hear me? Only God's wisdom, only God's word, only God's standard. Can we all rise and read scripture together? 1 Corinthians 1, 18 to 25. Let's read. For...
For indeed Jews ask for signs, and Greeks search for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, to Jews a stumbling block, to Gentiles foolishness. But to those who are the cold, both Jews and the Greeks, Christ the power of God, the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Can you believe that? The foolishness of God is wiser than man. The weakness of God is stronger than men. Colossians 2, 8, 9. See to it. Finally, Ephesians 5, 15 to 17. Therefore, let's pray. Father, thank you for, for your word, the power of your word. Thank you for your wisdom. Lord, help us to understand that as we go through what we need to do as parents, we will use your word, your wisdom, all alone. Help us to live and walk carefully in this world as wise people, not as unwise people, making the most of our time because, Lord, these days, this culture, this development are just so evil and decadent. Lord, help us to learn from your word to become parents who will disciple our children, so that they will disciple their children as well. We commit this time to you, Lord. Fill us with your spirit to learn. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Discipleship begins at home. Part 3. God's wisdom alone. Use it. God's wisdom alone. Use it for wise and not foolish parenting. Do you enjoy being a parent now, Dennis? It's still hard, huh? Right? Uh, somebody said, ah, the joy of being parents. You know, it's like, it's, it's kind of bittersweet. It's hard and, and pleasurable at the same time. Right, Alex? You know, it's the joy of parenting. You know, there was, there's this five-year-old five girl, a little girl. She was uh, at the back of their yard brushing, the, the, brushing her dog's teeth. And... Her father came in and her father said, what's going on? What are you doing? And then she said, don't worry, daddy. I'll put your toothbrush back like I always have. <laughs> oh, the joy of parenting. Hey, I'm not giving you ideas, kids, to get your toothbrush. Get your mom's toothbrush, okay, instead. Teenagers define. <clears throat> Teenagers, I'm looking at you. Okay, Denise, I'm looking at you. Teenagers define. They are children old enough to dress to themselves by themselves if they could just remember where they last saw their clothes. Okay. You know, I took a picture of uh, a bedroom. This is the bedroom of a teenager. Teenager, can you relate? Hello. Sophia is laughing, okay? Hi, Denise. Not your room? Okay. Yeah. And the dad said, it's such a mess. I wouldn't go in there without a tetanus shot. <laughs> She's laughing. 
Then he's laughing. And then the daughter got back. Pawe sa tatay niya. Sabi niya, Daddy, today is nerd day. Can I borrow some of your clothes? Ah, sige. You know, the joy of parenting. I just want to share that with you, the joy of parenting. Discipleship begins at home. Use God's wisdom alone for wise and not foolish parenting. Not the world's or man's wisdom or common sense. There's a difference, right? You know, uh, world's wisdom and man's common sense at best is what? Flawed. You know, we think it's right, but it's really downright defective and questionable. You know, especially man's common sense. We have a lot of common sense, but you know, we trust that many times it's okay, but actually it's not okay. Let me give you an example. You know, um, there was, uh, there was uh, this story that, um, you know, the, the British dug uh, the earth, you know, 10 feet. Okay, Alex, listen to this. This is really wonderful. They dug 10 feet, and they found, this British scientist found traces of copper wire dating 200 years back. So they dug 10 feet, they found copper wires 200 years back. And they came to the conclusion that their ancestors already had telephone network more than 150 years ago, okay? Now to be outsmart, the Americans dug 20 feet, okay, in their own land. And lo and behold, they discovered 250-year-old copper wire in America. And they at once published the news that their ancestors were advanced in high-tech, uh, uh, semi, what they call this, communication network that dates back 100 years earlier than the British. And then, okay, the Filipino common sense came in. Okay? Um, a few weeks later, the Department of Natural Resources in the Philippines reported the following, okay? A man who is a self-trained uh, archaeologist by the name of George, okay? <laughs> He dug 30 feet. Where's George? <laughs> he disappeared. Okay. He dug 30 feet deep in Luneta. Okay? So the British, 10. The Americans, 20. The Filipino, 30 in Luneta near the Rizal Monument. And then he found out that there was no copper wire at all in that place. And so he reported. He reported this. He reported that 250 years ago, Earlier than the Americans and the British, the Philippines became wireless. <laughs> huh? Kita niyo yan? <laughs> common sense. Okay? Basta Pilipino, common sense. Okay? Guys, you see, at best, it's flawed. Please don't use that kind of thinking in your parenting. It's not going to work. God's wisdom is telling us this today. Therefore, he said, be careful how you walk, guys. Not as unwise men, but as wise. Making the most of your time because the days are evil. Whether you like it or not, as good and as great America is, these days are evil. So then, do not be foolish, he said, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Question is this, why do we need God's wisdom alone for wise parenting and discipleship? Why don't we make use of what the world has told us many, many things that help us, the people, to be better people. Why throw that away and just use God's wisdom? You know why? Because development, modern 
Living is evil. Okay? The Bible says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. You know, not everything in the world is bad. I, I have to make a caveat here, okay? There are so many good things in the world. But please, learn to discern what is harmful and what is not harmful. But the chances are, everything from the world is harmful because that's what God says. Everything that is in the world, the lust of the eyes, right? The lust of the, the flesh, the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but it's from the world. As a matter of fact, the Bible is saying, we know, 1 John 5, 16, we know that we are of God, that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Did you know that? The world system today is in the hands of the evil one. What do you think will he do if he's in control of the world? Guys, to bring you to heaven? No, to deceive you so that he will bring us with him to hell. And he will use what? Modernization, development, everything that he is in control. The internet, all of the development that you have, all of the gutches that you have, believe me, are in the hands and the control of the evil one. Be careful. I'm just trying to make you aware. As good as they are, they are dangerous because they're flawed. And that's the reason why we, as your, as your mentors, would like, without hesitating, telling you that the only thing that we can depend on is God's word and not the wisdom of the world. Subtle evil world, that's what we call it. You know, without God's words, without God's wisdom, telling us otherwise, correcting us, it would be very difficult for us to recognize and to see the subtle evils in our present days. Do you agree? You know, if there's no discipleship, we will just keep on going on, doing and enjoying what we're doing, and the next thing you know is, boom, you've lost everything. How many of you, since you have, you know, came here, since you have, since you have built your life here, realize that, you know, you know without, without the counsel of the Bible, you are lost and you need directions, clear directions that will set your path straight. In our blindness, we, even we the church, will unknowingly and even blissfully drift into the vortex of seemingly correct but actually evil developments and belief. You know what the vortex is? It's like a suction, you know? If we just allow ourselves to stay there, you know what will happen? It will bring us down. And what I'd like to tell you is what's happening today in the world. There is a vortex of what's happening today in the world. There is a vortex of seemingly correct but actually evil word developments and belief that I would like to warn you against. I would like to let you know so that you know and you're aware to avoid it, to stand against it, and to dismiss it into your life and to use God's word only for basis for biblical parenting. Let me give examples. Industrialization is good. Urbanization is good. Modern technology is good. They're all great, by the way. We're enjoying that compared to our ancestors, right? But, but they're evil, subtly evil. For example, because of the jet age, because of modern science, to go to the Philippines will take you only what? 12 hours, 14 hours now, right? To go from one place to another will take you one hour. There is great mobility 
But there will be also be anonymity. You know, I'm happy at the same time, sad for Charles. Okay? She is leaving us and she's going to San Francisco because she has been offered a great job there thanks to modern industrialization, technology, and everything else. It's a good life for her. I'm happy for her. But you know, because of technology, because of modernization, she gets an offer just like that, and she will be in San Francisco. There will be anonymity. When there is anonymity, nobody knows what you're doing, and you can easily get trapped. Charlotte, I'm looking at you. Be careful. You have your mentors. Your mentors are here. Get hooked up with your mentors or find another mentor there because this world can suck you in. Mahal kita anak. Okay? That's why I want you to be careful. Mobility and anonymity. How many of us can just disappear and be in one place and not known and let the world suck us into the system? What about more women in the workforce? What's wrong with that, Pastor Dan? Well, you know, because, because of modernization, because, of, because we owe many things, because we buy a lot, okay? We have to have two people working in the family. And as a result, women are in the workforce. It used to be that only 10% are in the workforce. Today, almost 50, 60, 70% are in the workforce. Is that good? It seems okay when you look at it because there will be more money coming into the family. But you know what? It's actually subtly evil because of absent parents, right? What about TV? You know, TV. We have television, okay? They are becoming bigger and bigger. Soon it will be as big as your roof, okay? So that you will be able to see nothing except television. And you know, it's so amazing. The average young people accumulates about 15,000 to 28,000 of TV time in their lifetime. Okay? And they accumulate only about 700 hours of biblical teaching every time they go to Sunday. Do you see the difference? You know, how overwhelming TV is? And it, television is the key so that you will develop the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the boastful pride of life. It's subtle, and it's there. And my job is to be able to bring that out to you openly so that you can see and make a decision for yourself that we only need God's word to do biblical parenting. But be aware of this because it might suck us in. What about no-fault divorce? Divorce used to be wrong before. Now, they can divorce people for no fault at all. <laughs> okay? Ah, uh, you know what? I think it's about time we move on. Okay, I want to divorce you. It's so easy to get rid of your partner today. What's the result? The result is broken home and absent parents. Right? What else? When it feels good, do it mentality. Oh, how many people have that kind of mentality these days? You know, how can it be wrong? It feels good. You know, if we are going to allow the world to tell us that this is right, believe me, we will be sucked into the vortex of evil development that can destroy our lives and our family. What about gray morality? Today, you know, there is no more black and white, right? Uh, you know, good and bad, they, they, they can be questioned now. You know, what used to be really good 
Ah, you know, what used to be really bad can now become good. It's becoming gray. There are no moral absolutes today, and there, are, there is absolutely no truth at all. Nada. I speak Spanish a bit, so I put nada. Okay. What about world beliefs? Okay, those are developments. These are these are these are world beliefs. World belief number one. Look, this 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 list is not exhaustive. Okay, I just want to show you that there are we are bombarded with beliefs that we are believing. Like this, for example, happiness in that happiness in love and marriage depends on what romantic love and sexual attraction. What is romantic love and sexual attraction? You know, best. What is romantic love and sexual attraction? When you see a man and the world shakes under you, you know, that is romantic attraction. Uh, and that person should always create that kind of sensation when the person is around you. That's the definition of love. But you know, we know that that can disappear. It is based on feeling which vanishes after some time. What do you do after some time? Well, it is therefore okay to look for that romance in someone else. If it is no longer available in you, I'm going to look for someone else which will give me the same earthquake when I see you, okay? <laughs> right, Alvin? See, you know, that's so, we can easily justify it because hindi na romantic eh. Wala nang alat. Wala nang asim, okay? Right. What about this? That, human, that humans by nature are basically good and are not sinful, sinful in contrast to what the Bible says. The Bible says we are sinners, right? But you know what? The common belief is this. Oh, human nature, no, we're, we're not that. Who told you we're sinful? We're okay. I have a classmate, the highest IQ, okay, in our class, okay? Highest IQ. I was sharing... The devil is there, okay? <laughs> the highest IQ in class, okay? number two, okay, never mind. No? You know, I respected him. He's a Philippine science graduate. You know the Philippine science people in the Philippines? Oh, boy, they're very intelligent. He's a good man. When I became a Christian and I started to share with him what the Bible is talking about, the first thing that I shared with him was man is a sinner, right? And you know, right away he said, no, I don't, ag I don't agree. Man is basically good. I am good. Don't tell me that. You see? That's what I'm saying. They think they're right. And because they think they're right and it makes sense to them, they will stick to it and they will not be swayed. Left or right. That's what I'm saying. Uh, when that happens, when they believe that man is basically good, this is what happens. The, they underestimate the inherent depravity and self-centeredness of man. Who taught Sean to be self-centered at this young age? No one. Can you imagine at this age, she's self-centered? What do you think of George at this age? <laughs> oh, man, I'm telling you, right? You are going to underestimate your own self-centeredness and your own depravity, and because of that, you think you're okay, and you will ignore the wisdom of God. And when you do that, you start applying it implicitly, unknowingly to your children. And you're surprised why your children are like that? Come on, guys. The world is evil. 
The world is evil. The world is evil. That's why God says, be careful how you walk. Blaming on everything else except others. You know, uh, except self. You know, lahat sila may kasalanan to. Sila. Ako mabait. Ako okay. Kayong may kasalanan. See, that's the attitude of children today. If we're not careful. You know why? Because the world system is impinging everything on them. And that's why we're making you alert. Subtle evil word beliefs. Ito pa. That success means being rich, being powerful, being famous. It is not about being God-fearing, being righteous and happily married for 30, 40, 50, or 60 years. I would like to advertise that my in-laws will be 60 years anniversary this month. And we will have a party, okay? Everybody is invited. I don't know the place. I will not tell you, okay? The idea of success is materialism, status, and everything that you have. It is not about righteousness and fearing God. How in the world can we succeed, okay? Can we fight against a system that appeals to self? It's so powerful, isn't it? You know, the world is so powerful, it can suck you in. What about this? That marriage is about extremes. One is about male superiority and dominance, the other about mutual submission. You know, these are extremes. One, one, one belief says, lalaki lang ang bida. On the other extreme, pareho tayo, equal. So what's, what's the right thing? It's confusing people. If it's confusing people, there's, it, 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 will, it will mislead you. What about this? That relationship is about self being happy and fulfilled. I will develop relationship, and that is about me being happy and being fulfilled. If I'm not happy and I'm not fulfilled, then that relationship does not make sense, right? Others, what, what happens? Others are there to fulfill my needs. If not, just like divorce, uh, then it's okay to find someone else who will. My partner should help me reach my full potential and happiness. Otherwise, time to move on, change relationships through divorce, spouse swaps, and live in partnering, whatever you like, whatever is more convenient. Bottom line, there is a vortex of seemingly correct and actually evil worldly development and beliefs that will suck your children in and family into perdition. Parents, we have to wake up to this reality and use God's word alone to do biblical parenting for our children. We need to protect the family. We need to disciple them. We need to use God's wisdom alone and that alone to be wise and not foolish parents. Protecting the family is in your hands and protecting them is necessary and you need to use God's word. And God's wisdom gives us, found in God's word, gives us two things to handle. Because the days are evil, two things are being asked of us. Number one, be careful how you walk. Number two, make the most out of your time. Ephesians 5, 15, therefore be careful how you walk. What do you mean be careful? You know, in the Greek, the word, the word, the word be careful in the Greek means to consider the exactness and the precision. It is actually an accounting term to be exact. Okay? Who are accountants here? Okay? 
Uh, nobody, nobody wants to. I, I'm, you're not evil. You're good. Okay. <laughs> you know, accountants. Okay, accounting term. You know, if if you have an accountant who, and then you tell him, hey, you know, I, I want to know if this is ten or one hundred. Oh, it's okay. You can use any of them. Don't don't use that accountant. That accountant is inaccurate. Wilma is laughing. Okay. You have to be accurate, right? You know, don't, if I were you, don't use that accountant to be exact. Exact, exact with what? Exact with what God wants. Because Satan has filled this life on earth with bombs, with mines, with broken glasses that you can step on, with deadly traps, barbed wires to hurt you. So the Bible is telling us be watchful of all of these things so that you can escape them and be unharmed. That's what it means to be walk carefully. Walk carefully. How do you walk carefully? Use God's wisdom. Use God's word. Look at the look at first second Timothy three sixteen to seventeen. Can you read that? All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Right? God's wisdom and wisdom alone. You see. This is the passage we read. What does it say? See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. For in him all the fullness of the deity dwells in bodily form, and in him you have been made complete. You know what? There are so many, there are so many teachings in the world out there. And our appeal to you is to what? Please, be careful about them. Nothing wrong with psychology. You know, if you're a psychologist, I don't mean to attack you. Okay? But you know, God is very clear. Psychological approaches, what they do, is they diminish the cross of Christ. All you need, okay, is Jesus to become the kind of parents that you ought to be. Remember the sharing of Dennis and Abby? When they heard what the Word of God is saying and applied it into their lives... How Christ can change them, that is enough. Can you imagine if you listen to psychology and psychiatry as you go through parenting? You know, you know, you'll be wrong. You know why? Because psychology will diminish the centrality of the cross of Christ at the same time exalt the self. You know, if you take a look at, if you go to psychologists today, what will they tell you? What will they dispense? They will ask you, they will help you, they will teach you to develop self-esteem. Okay? And you know, who needs self-esteem? Who thought, show on self-esteem? <laughs> Self, nothing. They are, they are already full of themselves. They don't need help. Right? <laughs> and here we are, through psychology, we're helping them. And look at this man. He's uh, going to a shrink and he said, everything these days is dot com. This dot net. That, 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 I just can't stand it anymore. And then the psychi psychologist said, I know a website that can help you. <laughs> oh, man. You know, guys, be careful. For the word of the cross, meaning God, the Bible, is foolishness to those who are perishing. There is a big chance, guys, that if we are not told, we will also reject God's word. If I tell you to use God's word alone right now, you will agree. But on your own, you'd say, mm, maybe not. Maybe I should try this. We compromise so easily. And that's why we need discipleship. Every time you're in doubt, please call us. Call your mentors. 
And all we have to do is to point you to the Word of God because the Word of God can seem foolishness to you at times when it does not make sense to you and it, it's difficult for you to do. Our job is to remind you that, hey, this is true. Believe me, Dennis tried it. Alex tried it. Tinette tried it. I tried it. And our lives change. Our lives change. It says, but, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Can you believe that? The word of God is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? And yet here we are. Every time we're facing television, every time we see a nice guy with, you know, three-piece suit talking about the ways of the world, we easily believe them. Right? We easily fall into the trap. And guys, be careful. We live in this world, but we are not of this world. We are here in this world, but we are counseled to be careful of what this world teaches us. I can, I can move on. But to those who are called, both Jews and the Greeks, Christ, the power of God, the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than man, and the weakness of God is stronger than man. We only need one thing, Jesus Christ. The centrality of Jesus Christ. Remember what discipleship is all about? To change us, to, became, to, to make us become more and more like Jesus Christ. If we become more and more like Jesus Christ, that's all you need to do biblical parenting effectively. And discipleship is where we learn to become Christ-like in all of our ways. Remember, this vortex of development and worldly belief will suck you in to perdition. And make no mistake about it. It's going to get you whether you like it or not. Therefore, you have to stand against it and fight it with all you've got. Fight it with all you've got. And then finally, the Bible says, because the days are evil, make the most of your time. What do you mean make the most of your time? You see, many of us have blown it. We are not like Dennis and Abby who are young and are trying to bring their children up to the right way. We're so happy for you. But what about us who have, who have blew it, who have blown it? You know, I told you, I confessed, I miss it with my children. I was so busy with corporate, I forgot all about them. I never learned about love banks. I never learned about building relationship. All I knew was I am good and I'm going to teach them. And I provoked them big time. Is there no hope for me? No, no. If you're in my situation right now, folks, parents, not too late. You can make the most of your time and you can still redeem it. Not too late. Because even if they're big and if they're old, if you do the kind of building relationships and talk to them the way we're being taught, you can, you're going to win them back. You know, in our D group, in our D12, in our meeting, I asked the people, what's your motivation for parenting? Everybody gave their own, one after another. And I said, please, can you just consider this as your motivation for parenting? If you are going to heaven because Christ says so and God saved you, are you willing to go to heaven and leave your children in hell? I hope not. I hope that as you know you're going to heaven, you will make it a point to bring your children with you through biblical parenting. And you can do that by making the most of your time. How do you do that? 
Make the most of the time. We must take a vigorous stand against the erosion of biblical principles. And I will close with this. From now on, replace all worldly, old worldly beliefs with God's wisdom for yourself and for your children. Discipleship begins at home. Use only God's wisdom. Use God's Bible, God's Word to fill up and influence the heart of your children. This is just the, the beginning. We're going to teach you more and more. We would like to have a, a biblical parenting in November or December, God willing, so that we can all bring the people that you know who need to become godly parents into that meeting so that we can influence the heart of our children. Is that going to be okay? We're going to plan that and we're going to do it. And we would like you to bring your friends, bring yourself, if you want to learn how to become biblical parents. I would like to end with this. Frederick Vinson, former Chief Justice of the U.S. Supreme Court, said, Nothing is more certain in modern society than the principle that there are no absolutes. Christians are in danger of buying the view that the only absolute is that there are no absolutes. Wow, that's dangerous. That's what's happening today. And folks, what we need to do is to protect the family. Protect the family. Use God's wisdom alone and God's wisdom alone to become wise and not foolish parents. Let's pray. Father, thank you for making us aware that we can be lost with the power of the world out there in the hands of the evil one. And Lord, today, as we understand the dangers we're facing because of the modernization and development of the world, would you give us a resolve to hang on to your word, your wisdom alone, so that we can become wise parents and not foolish parents. We may seem wise face to face with the world, but Lord, deep inside, Satan knows that we can lose it and we can lose our children to the system of this world. And so, Father, I pray that whatever, whatever awareness you have given us today in our hearts, that we will make a resolve to stand up against the evil, subtle ways of the world and just use your word, your wisdom, your power, your son, Jesus Christ, to change our lives so that we can become the kind of Christian parents we ought to be that will disciple our children and their children and their grandchildren. Lord, I pray that we will take this to heart. And Lord, I pray that we will take seriously everything that will be taught about the Bible so that we can change this world beginning with our family. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you.